Today's episode of Theoretically Speaking features our host, Meg Richards, Executive Director of Solutions at Penalgo, who will be speaking with Eric Moll, Senior Director of Data Partnerships at Penalgo, about data linkage. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Between Two Scientists, hosted by Penalgo. I'm Meg Richards, and I'll be your host for this discussion. The healthcare and life sciences industries are currently experiencing transformative times of growth. The explosion of real-world data, new regulatory programs and frameworks, and a focus on artificial intelligence and machine learning are only a few of the factors contributing to this rapidly evolving landscape. In this podcast, we aim to illuminate these catalysts of change by talking to the experts themselves. We're calling this first episode Data Linkage, like making a fine blended wine from varietal data sources. Let's have a chat with Eric. Hey, Eric, thanks for talking with me. You and I are keenly aware that healthcare data linkage is top of mind in our industry these days. As a wine enthusiast, it strikes me that linked data are like a great Merlot or Bordeaux, made from a blend of grapes that makes the wine more interesting and fun. I think of you as being kind of like Penalgo's winemaker, so can I fire a few questions at you? Sure, Meg, go for it. Perfect, thanks. First, what are some examples of data linkage that you see most often? The most common data linkages that I've seen are claims data and usually one-to-one data linkages. So examples of this could be EMR linked to claims, claims with labs, claims with mortality. Um, Those are the most common one-to-one linkages, but there are some that are more layered where you're adding in registry data, genomics, social determinants of health, health or SDOH, or wearables. So I'm familiar with all those data sources and linkages, but why would you need to create a linked data in the first place, Eric? So like with wine, linking data is about trying to find the right aspects, flavor notes, to create a pairing that optimizes or enhances your analysis. You look at the pros and cons of the data sets, what gaps exist in the data, and what variables are needed to answer your research questions. To give an example, you need body mass index or waist circumference to answer questions related to an overweight or obese population for a set of studies you're planning to conduct this year. BMI and waist circumference are measures that will be present in an EMR, EHR database. Um, You can use the EMR alone, but what if you want financial fields from claims? You'll need to create a linked data set. You know, it's funny that you should mention BMI and waist circumferences. I just wrote an ebook available at penalgo.com called Goodbye BMI, Hello Waist to Height Ratio. Um, That's because BMI, long the standard measure of overweight or obesity, doesn't perform as well as waist to height ratio in predicting cardiometabolic disease. But back to the matter at hand. So Eric, how are the data linked? I know that it involves tokenization, but that is what exactly? So tokenization or tokenizing data is really a form of data encryption. When tokenizing a data set, you're going through the process of substituting sensitive data elements with non-sensitive equivalents, um, a token. So the token becomes our 
key for linking data. Sometimes these tokens are a combination of multiple values from the original data. Um, there are numerous token vendors with different tokens, and some data vendors create their own proprietary tokens. Is tokenization the same as anonymization, which is another term we hear a lot, or is it a different concept? To some extent, yes, uh, given that the token tokenization process is an encryption process. However, it's not the same as creating a linked data set ready to use for research under HIPAA. Um, though there are two different processes that bookend the linkage process. So the first one, tokenization. So tokenizing data is that first step. Through that token slash key, we can now run an overlap analysis on other data sets using the same key. We do this to find matches. It's a group of patients who exist in both data sets. Once you've found the group of interest with the data that's fit for your purposes, then we undergo the mandatory de-identification and certification process. So de-identification is the last step before the data is ready to use, and it can either be done through safe harbor or expert determination. Um, expert determination is the preferred approach, in my opinion, as it allows you to adjust the linked data and the certification so it's more bespoke to your needs. Um, no two combined data sets are the same, even with the same data sources. Uh, it's all how you blend those data sets together and their elements. Well, that sounds complex. And it appears that the expert determination folks are like wine sommeliers, no? I'm guessing that they need years of training and they're an elite group. I would say they're a very uh, elite group. Um, and I imagine they're all busy with the explosion of real world data sources uh, that are available in the market these days. Um, however, their role in this process is necessary. Um, now there are initiatives underway to streamline and automate expert determination. So the approach remains custom, but the process is much faster. On the other side of the fence, there are organizations that leverage uh, pre-built common data models. So the linkage is already available, but that approach might not suit everyone's analysis. Like with linking data, there are pros and cons of the expert determination and the final shape the linked data set takes. Well, I for one am glad that you are our Penalgo data sommelier, Eric. This is very cool stuff. On the next Between Two Scientists podcast, how about we go a little deeper into tokenization and expert determination? Can we invite a friend from, say, Datavant to join us? I'm sure we could arrange that, um, but I wouldn't call myself a sommelier. Um, I'm more just a lover of their work. So talk to you next time, Eric. Talk to you next time, Meg. Cheers. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Theoretically Speaking and that you'll tune in to future episodes where we chat with pharma value, evidence, and access experts. Don't forget to subscribe. 